Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. As we begin today's program, I want to say a big thank you to the congregation and staff of the Cross Church in Fort Wayne, Indiana. We had an outstanding prophecy conference Friday and Saturday with hundreds in attendance, learning from the awesome lineup of speakers, and getting access to the latest resources. Thank you to everyone who attended the conference in Fort Wayne. Our next conference is just around the corner, Friday and Saturday, May 6th and 7th in Wichita, Kansas. Billy Crone, Kamal Salim, and Rob Linstead, just to name a few of the scheduled speakers. Get all the details and register at our website, swrc.com, and click on Events. Today, we have a very unique program. We've gone way in the back of our radio vault, and thanks to digital technology, have restored some important teaching from our former host, David Weber. Staff evangelist James Collins is going to visit virtually with David Weber and learn his thoughts on heaven and hell. My dear friends, God is still on the throne, and prayer changes things. That was the voice of Dr. David Weber with his signature opening to The Watchman on the Wall. David Weber was the host of this program in the 1950s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and early 1990s. He was a pioneer in Christian radio, and under his leadership, the Southwest Radio Church went from a regional program to being heard from coast to coast across America. In addition to being an outstanding broadcaster, David was also a conference speaker, author, and expert on Bible prophecy. David Weber was also one of my heroes in the faith. Growing up, I remember listening to him almost every day. I also read every book that he ever wrote. I guess you could say I was a big fan of David Weber. That is why I was so excited recently when I came across some recordings of Dr. Weber teaching about heaven, hell, and angels. As I listened to his teachings, I thought that these timeless messages should be put out again for people to hear. While working on remastering the programs, I realized that putting the messages in a book would be an even better idea. Today, I am excited to announce that Beacon Street Press has just released the book, Heaven and Hell, by David Weber. Today, we're going to do something a little different. Normally, when we spotlight a book, we have the author on the program to talk about it. But since David Weber passed away back in 2004, it would seem like it would be impossible to have him on as a guest. However, through the magic of radio, we are going to do just that. I will ask questions about the new book, Heaven and Hell, and then my producer Marvin McIlvaney will play clips of David Weber discussing the topics in question. The first chapter of Heaven and Hell is titled, The Door to Heaven. Listen to the excitement in David Weber's voice as he discusses that first chapter, the new heaven, the new earth, and the future glorified bodies of all believers in Jesus Christ. I wonder if you can grasp the full significance of this verse. Behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered nor come into mind. The marvelous and beautiful things of God's heaven, so wonderful we forget about this dusty old earth in which things crumble to decay and dead things are here. But it will be so wonderful, so breathless, 
incite an activity, it will literally occupy all our thoughts. We will not even remember this old world we call planet Earth. It simply will not come into our minds. Can you imagine such tranquility, such peace of mind? There will be no homesickness for the old things of Earth. Such will be the dazzling splendor of this new Earth and the new heavens that are no longer tarnished by the evil traffic of the prince of the power of the air. The new heavens and new Earth do not come into being until after the battle of Armageddon, Revelation 16, verses 16 and 19. After the millennial reign of Christ, Revelation 20. After the judgment of sinners, the great white throne judgment, Revelation 20. After the present earth is burned up, 2 Peter 3, Revelation chapter 21. Scriptures indicate that we will be the same person, having the same soul as we have now, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, and our names will be written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world, and we will have a new glorified body. Praise God. The characteristics of this new body will no doubt bear a relationship to our former body, much the same as the qualities of Christ's resurrection body. The Bible tells us, when we accept Christ as Savior and Lord, we too are spiritually a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. The new birth, the birth that is from above, is spiritual. And of course, it will make us new. Old things are passed away. Behold. All things are become new, and that will be true of us, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, and created new in all things, untouched, unmarred by sin. We will truly be new creatures in every respect once we have received our new glorified bodies. I'm James Collins, and you're listening to a special edition of The Watchman on the Wall, where we spotlight the brand new book by Dr. David Weber titled Heaven and Hell. Recently, several hours of Dr. Weber's teachings were found in the audio vault of Southwest Radio Ministries. These audio programs, along with Dr. David Weber's notes, have been compiled into the new book, Heaven and Hell. To get a copy of Heaven and Hell, you can call 1-800-652-1144, or you can order online at swrc.com. Let's continue listening now as David Weber discusses life in the millennium. In the millennium will be three classes of people. Number one, all the saved of Israel alive. Number two, all the saved of the Gentiles alive at the end of the seven-year tribulation period. Number three, the believers who have died before the rapture. These resurrected saints will have positions of responsibility in the millennium. See Matthew 19:28 and Luke 19 verses 12 through 27. They will have resurrected bodies. Living believers will be able to marry and be given in marriage during the millennium after God removes the curse and gives to us once again a beautiful planet. The women will reproduce and have children. I believe they'll have a population explosion as they did in the days of Noah, Genesis 6-1. A population explosion such as we have never seen in our lifetime. These children born in the millennium will be given an opportunity to accept Christ or reject him at the end of the millennium when Satan is loosed for a little season. Life in the millennium will be one of peace, Isaiah 11, 6 through 9. Happiness, the same scripture reference, Isaiah 11, 6 through 9. And Revelation 20 and verse 3. Long life and health, Isaiah 33, 24, and Isaiah 65, 20. The new heavens and the new earth follow the millennium chronologically as far as we can determine. Thus believers who through acceptance of Christ 
are now new creatures, will be completely fulfilled in all of God's glory in the new heavens and the new earth. We recall the relationship between Christ and his saints is revealed in Christ's high priestly prayer in John chapter 17, his intercession in Gethsemane when he prayed, Father, I will that they also, when whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me. There will be no need of hospitals, nor will there be pain and sorrow, no heart disease, arthritis, diabetes, cancer, headaches, and nervous tension. It will all be forever gone. We will have a new body, a glorified body, and it will no longer be sin sick. And of course, we know there will be a new Jerusalem. The Bible teaches that there will be a new Jerusalem. Let's continue listening now as David Weber teaches from his new book, Heaven and Hell, about the new Jerusalem. New Jerusalem to be suspended over the earth. We read in Revelation 21 verses 1 and 2, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. It is important to remember that this new golden city, Jerusalem, will not be the identical city on this present earth that we know as Jerusalem. We read in Revelation 21.10, And he showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. God is revealing to John that great city, Jerusalem, descending out of the sides of the north, out of heaven. I believe, because of several scriptures, that this new city, Jerusalem, is suspended over the earth as John sees it in the future. Why do I believe that? Simply because the Bible tells us the men of those who are saved shall walk in the light of the new Jerusalem. Today we walk in the light of the sun. It doesn't rest upon the earth. It revolves, what, almost 93 million miles away from this planet. I don't think the New Jerusalem will be that far, but since the Bible also tells us in these catastrophic days the sun and moon will flee away, that the New Jerusalem will go into perhaps geosynchronous orbit, and it will provide light for the earth which the sun has accomplished previous to the end of days. So we suggest the new city Jerusalem is suspended like a great golden chandelier over the earth as John sees it. One of the interesting aspects of these new things is that while God chose to reveal to us in one single verse creation of new heavens and a new earth, there are at least 25 verses which describe in great detail the great city, the holy Jerusalem. I'm James Collins, and today you are listening to a special program spotlighting teaching from the new book by the late former host of The Watchman on the Wall, David Weber. The new book is titled Heaven and Hell, and it contains chapters such as The Certainty of the New Heaven and the New Earth, The Satanic Conspiracy, The Origin of Satan, The Truth About Angels, The Way to Get to Heaven and Avoid Hell, and a special chapter on the things that will be in heaven. Let's listen now as Dr. Weber tells us about those things that will be in heaven. I hope you've enjoyed the series about heaven, and it will make you feel closer to God and realize the wonderful things God has prepared for them who love Him. Our vocabulary, as Paul tells us, is inadequate to describe all the wonders and beauties and glories that will be heaven. We can't do it justice, we realize that, but we try to give you little glimpses as the Bible speaks. For the scripture 
foundation today. I want to read in Revelation 21, verse 5, and Revelation 22, the first five verses. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. And there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light. And they shall reign forever and ever. Welcome to your new home. All that we hope for will be realized, and I think much, much more. Have you ever experienced the thrill the first time you walk into your no home? It is an event of happiness and contentment and fulfillment. Over the years, however, that feeling fades away, especially when the roof needs repairing or the furnace needs replacing. But, my dear friends, in heaven, that initial joy will continue throughout all eternity. There will be no disappointments in heaven. And let's examine some characteristics of God's heaven, the temple, the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb, the tabernacle of God is with men. Revelation 21, 22 and 21, 3. The sunlight will be dazzling. The city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. The river that proceeds from the throne of God, a pure river, clear as crystal. This is the river of paradise with its fountainhead being God and the Lamb, paradise restored, while the streams of earth are polluted. This river of life is pure and clear as crystal. Revelation 22.1 The tree of life that was found in the Garden of Eden before man ever sinned is restored to this beautiful city. Though the midst of the broad way of the city also, and either side of the river, the tree of life with its twelve varieties of fruit, yielding each month its fresh crop. My father used to say, by the time you'd gotten tired of apples, here comes oranges. By the time you're tired of oranges, pears, or grapefruit, or bananas, or whatever. Twelve manner of fruit, one every month you can enjoy to the full. And the leaves for the healing of the nations. Fed by pure waters of the crystal river, this tree offers 12 varieties of fruit to satisfy every taste, all of your taste buds, and it is never barren. You may recall in Genesis 2.9 that out of the ground the Lord God made to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight or to be desired. But of course, by disobeying God's law, Adam caused sin to enter the world. Now this beautiful tree of life in the New Jerusalem has healing in its leaves, forgiveness to all who believe. And there's no temptation, no more curse. Satan is relegated to some lake of fire and is no longer present, a permanent exile. And the curse has been removed as God promised. Revelation 22, 3. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it. No night. Well, we don't understand that, because when we have night across the world, it's daytime. But God is a light, and the light will be supreme, no shadows, no darkness. No need for candles or light bulbs or even sunlight, for the Lord God will be, by his very presence, light supreme and will illuminate this new Jerusalem and the new earth. The city will be as transparent gold. This may be hard to imagine, as nothing on earth can presently duplicate a pure gold, clear and transparent as glass. 
Yet God showed John in the Revelation a sight of this new city, New Jerusalem, which he could only describe as having streets of gold so clear and transparent that it resembled glass. What a marvelous revelation of our new home. What a marvelous promise. The gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, nor shall there be any night there. Nothing and no one shall enter in but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Once again, this is James Collins, and you're listening to a very, very special edition of The Watchman on the Wall. David Weber was the host of this program from the 1950s until the early 1990s. Recently, I came across these recordings of Dr. Weber teaching about heaven, hell, and angels. Beacon Street Press has taken these recordings, as well as some additional writings from David Weber, and included them in a brand new book called Heaven and Hell. To get your copy of Heaven and Hell by David Weber, call 1-800-652-1144 or order online at swrc.com. So far, we've been listening to David teach about heaven. Now listen as he speaks about hell, Armageddon, and Satan's ultimate defeat at the end of the millennium. Hell is a place of eternal suffering. At the end of the millennial period of 1,000 years, many people, as numerous as the sands of the sea, will join with Satan in a final revolt against God and his people. This vast, extremely vast army will represent the dregs of civilization still determined that they can achieve a world far better than God in his infinite wisdom. How often in the past has man sought to take things in his own hands and boast of his accomplishments, accomplishments that in reality were possible only because God permitted them, because God is long-suffering and not willing that any should perish. Not even the abundance of the thousand-year millennium period will be good enough for them. And personally, I believe that Jesus Christ will reign a thousand years over the nations of the earth to show man that the only way to deal with sin is through the precious shed blood of Jesus. God will also renovate the earth and the heavens with atomic fire and will cleanse the heavens and the earth because it says, Behold, I create new heavens and a new earth. But not even the abundance when the curse is removed for the thousand-year millennium will suffice to make all people believers and subservient to the great King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You have been listening to a very special edition of The Watchman on the Wall. We've been spotlighting the brand new book, Heaven and Hell, by David Weber. These recordings were transcribed and have been collected, along with some additional notes by David Weber, into the book titled Heaven and Hell. Order your copy now by calling 1-800-652-1144 or order online at swrc.com. This is James Collins, leaving you with the words that David Weber said so many times on this program. God is still on the throne, and prayer changes things. What happens when you die? In the book Heaven and Hell, David Weber answers that question and takes you on an unforgettable journey into the spirit world of good and evil. In this biblically-based book, you will come face-to-face with the two choices you have on where you will spend eternity, heaven or hell. Order your copy of Heaven and Hell by David Weber today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or order online, swrc.com. Now, let's turn our attention once more during this anniversary month to honoring those individuals who have blessed this ministry over these many years. 
God revealed many of the signs of the end of the age to the Old Testament prophet Daniel. Several times Daniel wrote that he didn't quite understand the prophetic visions that God was revealing to him. In Daniel chapter 12, he was told by God's messenger, But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. In other words, the prophecies would be understood by the people who are alive as the end of the age gets closer. And I believe that we're living in that season right now. The Holy Spirit has been increasingly revealing the meanings of prophecy to the church. Over the past, oh, 60 or so years, we've been blessed with Bible teachers who've been given deep insight into prophecy. Now, April is anniversary month for Southwest Radio Church. This ministry was founded by Dr. E.F. Weber in April of 1933. Over the decades, many legendary Bible prophecy teachers have been on this broadcast. Today, I'm excited to talk with two of those legends. First in the studio with me is the host of this program, Dr. Larry Spargimino. Pastor Larry, welcome. Thank you for having me. Always a delight. And on the phone with me is author Terry James. Terry, thanks for taking the time to be with us today. Thank you so much, James, for inviting me. Let me start with you, Terry. You've written books with many of the biggest names in Bible prophecy. Let me just kind of throw out some names and you share some memories with us. First, tell me about David Weber. David Weber, well, he was a good friend of mine. Uh, He became one after we did several programs together. He even once came to Little Rock, Arkansas and did a program, and I was privileged to be with him. David was one of my favorites. I used to listen to him before I ever wrote the books and got in contact with him. So he was a hero of mine. So was his father. You worked for many years, Dr. Spartamino, with Noah Hutchings. Tell me about him. Noah really impressed me with his motto was, well, we'll just get in the studio and see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) The thing that amazed me really was that there are so many apocalyptic things that he spoke about, but he had his old calm way about it, like, well, we'll get through this, and we might have another disaster, and we'll get through that. But one of the things I liked about Noah was the fact that he was a great fisherman. We could be fishing in the same pond, and he'd be pulling in fish left and right, and I wouldn't get a nibble. I don't know. Somebody said he spit on the bait or something. (laughs) I don't know if that's true, but he did have a, a lot of success. We have many fond memories, and I think of Kenneth Hill, who's our president, who got me to come here in 1998 from a church in Bristol, Tennessee. So it's like we're one big family. Some of us have passed away. I recently had my 80th birthday, but we know that one of these days the trumpet is going to sound, and boy, what a glorious time that will be. Now, Terry, you shared some stories with me on the phone the other day about Noah Hutchings. What are some of your favorite memories about him? talking about he's a great fisherman. I never fished with him, but I'm blind, as most people know now, because of a retinal problem since I was 51 years old or so. And Noah, when he would have me speak at a conference, well, I'd be out in the audience sometimes when he was speaking or about to introduce me, he would say, I want you to know right now I'm challenging Terry James to a golf game. <laughs> and he'd laugh, everybody laugh. <laughs> he said, I think I can beat him. <laughs> Noah was a great guy, and I loved him. He was always a pleasure to do the program with. Terry, you also shared some stories about Dave Brees. What are your thoughts when you hear his name? Dave Brees. I'm looking forward to meeting Dave in heaven. He was just about at the very top of my list of favorites. I tell you, I once asked Dave, well, how tall are you, Dave? And he said, I'm 5'18", 5'18". 
<laughs> so that's the kind of humor he had. I was considered a general editor of some of these books of compilation. That was my title, general editor, because I put them together, you know, and I did all these things. And he would call here at home sometimes, and I'd answer, and he would say in that great voice, I can't say it like him, Larry, you know that, but is this the general, he'd say. <laughs> and I'd say, yes, this is the general. But David Brees had a great depth of knowledge, and he did it with eloquence, and he was God's man. J.R. Church was another good one, and I loved him dearly. He always ended his programs with, keep looking up, and he meant it, Luke 21, 28. J.R. did great things with Prophecy in the News. It was one of the premier prophecy programs. Many people come to the Lord through that program, and whenever he went to heaven, I wrote my headline on that article that I wrote right after J.R.S. was, Church Goes to Heaven, and that was a good one. How about you, Dr. Spargimino? What are your thoughts when you hear the name J.R. Church? Well, when I hear J.R., I think of a man that did a lot of thinking. J.R. had a mechanical mind, you might say, and he put everything together. I think he had a pilot's license, and he loved the stars. He loved the order of the creation. For him, the creation really declared the glory of God. And prophecy was a part of that because there is a day when it's all going to come to an end. There'll be a new heavens and a new earth. So he saw that kind of as a reflection of the sovereignty, the wisdom, the understanding of God. He liked mathematics. He liked computers. And it just fit in perfectly with his understanding of Bible prophecy, which was really excellent. Terry, would you just share some thoughts of some of these greats, Grant Jeffrey, Tim LaHaye, Zola Levitt, Chuck Missler, John Walvard. You worked with so many through the years. What are your thoughts? Tim LaHaye was just a wonderful friend. He helped me so far in working in Bible prophecy and so forth. Tim was always ready to jump in there and help me, somebody who was nobody at the time, and Tim was always willing to help. Dr. Walvard was a big man, you know, he was an old guy, 5'18 or so, <laughs> and he was a great guy, and I got to know him through his writing some chapters for our books, and got to know him pretty well. He was always somebody you looked at, you know, as a professor. I like to give you little tidbits of his personality, too. Terry Jr. went with me to a prophecy conference down in Dallas, one of the pre-trib things, and Dr. Walford was sitting there, and and I introduced him to my son. I told him he's a pharmacist. And he said, well, your dad saves the soul and you save the body, right? <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of funny. But that's kind of a little bit of his personality. He wasn't all a big professor, I guess. Oh, but Dr. Henry Morris, what a great guy he was. And what a terrific Bible prophecy scholar. But another down-to-earth, humble guy. Dr. Dwight Pentecost, I once called him about a chapter. And he came to the phone. He said, what are you doing interrupting me here? I said, I'm sorry, I didn't, know, I didn't mean to interrupt you. He said, you're interrupting very important work here. And I said, oh, what is it? He said, I'm drying the dishes. <laughs> <laughs> so these guys are great, great scholars, and I look up to them with the most honor that I could give them, but they were mostly humble and down to earth. Azola Levitt, oh, what a great guy. He made me feel so good one time at a prophecy conference in Branson. He came out after speaking, and we were all gathered around in the vestibule out there just kind of talking around. And, and he came out and talking to us and everything. So I said, Zola, what is your next book going to do? He came over, and he hugged me, and he patted me on the back, and he said, you'll have to ask Terry. He's my publisher. So that made me feel so good. Gentlemen, I could talk with you both all day about these great men of God, and I appreciate your ministry so, so much. Thanks for sharing some time with me today. Our featured resource today is David Weber's book, Heaven and Hell. 
Order your copy when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or order online, swrc.com. This is such an outstanding resource. You'll want to order copies for family, friends, and everyone at church. We have special discounts available for those ordering multiple copies. Call 1-800-652-1144 and order the book Heaven and Hell by David Weber today. Tomorrow, Dr. Kenneth Hill will begin his look at some of the greatest prayers in the Bible. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station or by subscribing to our daily Watchman on the Wall podcast. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and has been supported for 89 years by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com.